Chapter Forty Eight of the Peril Finders. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Peril Finders by George Fenn. Chapter Forty Eight: The Other Side. As the two boys made their way amongst the scattered stones, they caught sight of the doctor stepping out onto the terrace where Wilton stood where Wilton stood, glass in hand, scanning the opposite terraces and the sharp edge of the top, where the precipice stood out clear against the sky. "'I wonder whether they'll hit on a good idea,' said Ned. "'Here, let's sit down. I say, Griggs, you might be a good fellow and give my rifle-barrel a brush out, too.' "'I don't say I won't,' replied the American. "'I might give yours a touch-up, too, squire. I'll see,' he continued." I don't expect you're in very good trim for pumping water through gun-barrels. No, said Chris, wincing as he raised his arm and lowered it again, as if passing a cleaning-rod through the piece. Here, steady, cried Griggs. Don't take yours to pieces yet, one at a time. We might want to have another shot or two at these red robin hoods. Tisn't likely, said Ned. Isn't it? You never know what's likely with these gentlemen. While we're out here in the wilds, we want to be always ready for action. The American chatted away as he took his rifle to pieces, washing, carefully drying, and oiling it, in the hot sunshine, while Chris placed himself in a restful position to avoid aches and pains, and Ned leaned back against a stone with his hands behind his head, never once joining in the conversation. In fact, part of the time he seemed to be dozing, for his eyes were half-closed. At last, though, he started suddenly, made a gesture with his open hand as if catching a fly off his leg, and exclaimed, "'I've got it!' "'Kill it, then,' said Griggs, without looking up from his task. "'What is it, a skeeter?' "'No!' cried Ned excitedly. "'The idea!' "'You have?' said Chris eagerly. "'Yes!' "'Let's have it, then,' said Griggs, only be gentle, don't startle us too much. Don't you begin sneering, said Ned, rather haughtily. Other people may have bright ideas, too. I don't know about two, said Griggs coolly. I've got none. My head has grown thick with thinking of how we're to get out of this hole. Ned was silent and sat frowning. Well, let's have it, said Chris. Oh, I don't know said Ned coldly. Perhaps you've got a better idea of your own. Here, don't make us hungry with keeping it back, cried Chris good-humouredly. What a fellow you are to take offence. Oh, I'm not offended, only I don't think some people need to be ready to jeer quite so soon. Some people, said Griggs softly. That means me. Very sorry, and won't do so any more. And you keep on doing it. "'Well, never mind,' said Griggs, smiling. "'I'm only Murrican, and you know what we are. "'Come, let's have your notion, squire, "'and if it seems a right one, "'we'll get out of our trouble like a shot. "'What was it?' "'Well, I propose,' said Ned reluctantly, "'that we take proper steps one night "'and startle the Indians' horses into making a stampede. "'It could easily be done.' "'And afterwards?' said Chris quietly. Why, ride off ourselves and get beyond the redskins' reach. They'd have no horses to follow. 
and they'd never think of running after and catching them, said Chris, quietly. How could they when the horses had galloped right away? They wouldn't know which way the ponies had gone in the dark. But they'd find the trail in the morning and follow it if the job took them a week. Hear, hear, cried Griggs, raising the barrels of his rifle to his eyes and looking through them as if they formed a binocular telescope. Oh, you're always so ready with your objections, said Ned angrily. Why couldn't it be done? Just because it would be impossible, I'm afraid, squire, said Griggs, polishing away now at his right barrel. If you had all the horses together, and if you could frighten them, they might all rush off, but even if they did it wouldn't matter much, as Chris here hints, because the Indians would follow the trail and not lose one. Very sorry, squire. Glad if it would do, but it won't, so try again. Ned uttered a grunt. You'd better try now, Chris, he said scornfully, and old Griggs'll sit on your plan directly. Griggs breathed upon the stock of his rifle, and gave it a hard rub with his piece of rag to bring up the polish upon the walnut grain. To be sure I will, he said pleasantly, as he gave Chris a nod. I'm not going to play with a job like this. Have you got anything like an idea, my lad? I've been trying to think out something, said the boy, turning a little red in the face. Let's have it, then, cried Ned. To be sure, let's have it, said Griggs, looking proudly at his well-cleaned rifle, before opening the breech and slipping in a couple of cartridges. There, that's ready. Now, squire, I'll have yours, please. Ned passed his rifle, after extricating the ball cartridge, and the American began taking it to pieces at once. "'What's your notion, my lad?' he said, turning to Chris. "'I'm afraid to say anything about it,' said Chris modestly. "'Why?' cried Ned. "'Because it seems now that I have thought it out quite extravagant and strange.' "'It can't be worse than mine,' cried Ned bitterly. "'Come, out with it. Play fair. I don't see why I should be laughed at, and you get off scot-free.' "'Don't you make yourself uncomfortable about that, squire,' said Griggs dryly. "'I'll mind and rub him wrong way if there's nothing in it. Now then, my lad, let's have it.' Chris was silent a minute, and then said, one word first. My poor pony came down into the valley where I fell, but you don't think the Indians could bring their beasts down that way, do you? I'm sure they couldn't, said Griggs, working the cleaning rod up and down one of the barrels. I feel sure, too, said Chris. But do you think they could get them out again that way? I mean, out through the head of the valley? And I'm sure of that, said Griggs. They couldn't unless they'd taught them how to fly. "'Why, of course not,' said Ned, scornfully. "'You know it, too. Why do you ask?' "'Only because I want to make sure,' replied Chris, "'and because it has something to do with my plan.' Griggs let off pumping and squirting water, laid the barrel across his knees with his hands resting upon the former, and gazed thoughtfully in the boy's face, while Ned seemed influenced by his companion's manner and sat perfectly silent.' "'You know I went to watch for the coming of the Indians?' "'Yes,' said Griggs. "'And I passed by that rough jagged pillar of rock which was of a great height in the middle of that very narrow part of the gulch. 
I mean where the rocks close in on both sides, and overhang so that it seems dangerous to walk under them for fear they should fall. Oh, yes, I remember it well. So do I, said Ned, quietly now, for he was evidently greatly interested. I looked at it intently, so that I got to know the place thoroughly. I can recollect all the loose stones piled up along the sides and overhanging, so that very little would make them block up the rift. To be sure, said Griggs, going on with his cleaning again, I know the spot. You might make a strong fort there in no time, so as to defend the valley. Yes, yes, of course, said Ned impatiently, but go on. I think I'd better leave off now, said Chris apologetically. It seems so stupid. Never mind, let's have it, cried Griggs. Well, this is what I thought, continued Chris. What if we should go up there some day and hide along the heights with our ponies and mules, and wait till the enemy came by to get into the valley, and then tumble all the rocks and stones down? One minute, said Griggs. You mean that very, very narrow bit where there's hardly room for two mules to pass? Yes, that's it, where the rocks high up nearly meet. Yes, I know, cried Ned excitedly. Well, since I've been thinking about all this— said Chris, speaking more freely. It seemed— One moment again, cried Griggs. It's this side of the gully down which the enemy came. Oh, yes, some hundreds of yards. To be sure. I say, Griggs, don't keep interrupting so, cried Ned impatiently. Right, go on, lad. I fancied, cried Chris, if we could hide and wait till the enemy had all ridden into the bottom of the valley, we might tumble down stones and rocks from up above, till the spaces beside that middle stone were all blocked up, and we might keep on till it was made so bad that no horse could be got over. To be sure, nor mule neither, that's for certain if we worked hard enough, and of course we would. Oh, yes, I could make such a bank there with a bar or a wooden lever, as no pony could climb, or man either if you come to that. Why, Chris, my lad, that'll do. You don't think it wild and foolish? said the boy, flushing. I think it's grand. You do? I do, really, my lad. There's only one thing that I can see against it. Ah, here it comes, cried Ned excitedly. I knew he'd be sure and sit upon it. Of course, said Griggs, laughing, or step upon it to see if it'll bear our weight. What's wrong, then? Only this, said Griggs slowly. How are you going to get your birds into the trap? Ha ha! laughed Ned. To be sure, there you are, Chris. How are you going to get your birds into the trap? Chris laughed too, but very gently. I've been thinking of all that, he said, and I don't quite see yet. I could manage it easily enough if there was a way out that we could climb. Then we could retreat before them some time, and they'd follow us in and as soon as they had all ridden in, the door of the trap could be closed. "'Who's going to shut the trap?' said Ned, laughing. "'Why, Chris, you're making a bull.' "'Oh, no, I'm not. One or two would be enough to lead the Indians in. The others could shut the trap.' "'And what about the live bait that led the Indians in?' said Ned. "'They'd make for the way to get out and climb up here.' "'Well, you are a paddy.' cried Ned, laughing heartily. You're going to lead the enemy in, and show them the way out again. 
Can't you see that if they had followed the two who acted as bait, they'd come out too? Yes, said Chris coolly, but that wouldn't matter. What? Why, you're all in a fog and can't see your way, cried Ned. We're not afraid of the Indians, and we could keep them off easily enough if we wanted to, before we got back to our horses and rode away. But the enemy would follow, cried Ned, grinning. Well, suppose they did cried Chris. They'd be on foot. They could climb out of the trap, but their ponies couldn't. Griggs laughed now, and Ned looked uncomfortable. Oh, I see, he drawled very slowly. I didn't think of that. Ha! ejaculated Griggs, who looked very thoughtful. Yes, that might be done. I don't know of any such place, Chris, unless we could find one somewhere up above the terraces. I've looked said Chris, shaking his head. If there was a way up there, it would be splendid, because we could get big stones ready, or loosen some of the steps, so that we could break them away after we'd climbed up. But I can't find anything. The cliff hangs over so. Was that why you were poking about so up there this morning? said Ned. Yes. Well, you might have told me. Yes, I might, said Chris, smiling but it would have been a pity. Why? It would have spoiled your chance to have a laugh at me and call me a patty. Ha! said Griggs again, as Ned frowned and looked annoyed. And you couldn't find any way up there onto the top? No, said Chris rather sadly. It would have been so easy then. Yes, we could have worked it then, my lad. One would have been enough. I could have carried out a nice game there and led em on. "'And what about their arrows?' said Ned. "'Oh, I should have had to chance them, kept out of reach or dodged them. I could have let them right in so that they wouldn't have heard the stones being lowered down, and got right away over the top and shut the door after me, while when they saw that they couldn't follow and went back, they'd have found themselves shut in.' "'But there's no way out over the top terrace,' said Ned mockingly. "'Well, I know there isn't,' said Griggs coolly. "'I've looked well myself three times over, "'because I was afraid that the enemy might find a way down some time "'and take us by surprise.' "'It would have been so easy then,' sighed Chris. "'But I don't despair. "'We might find a way after all if we had a good search.' "'To be sure we might,' replied Griggs, "'and I think I know where.' "'You do?' cried the boys together. Hmm, yes, I think so, said Griggs quietly. Where? cried Chris. You don't mean up at the head of the valley, where I came down? Nay, that wouldn't do, even if there was a place. Be too far off. You want a spot where one could slip up quickly and shut the way after you, so as to stop the enemy from following. Yes, said Chris, shaking his head, and that we shall never find. No, cried Ned, almost triumphantly. Your plan's no better than mine, old chap. I don't know so much about that, squire, said Griggs, screwing up his face. Seems to me that we can find such a way out if we try. Where? cried Ned. Over yonder, squire, was the reply, as the American nodded his head in the direction of the terraces and openings opposite to where they sat talking. Ah! cried Chris excitedly. 
yes there must now one thinks of it be a way down there some of the indians must have got down a part of the way to send their arrows at me when i was seeing to my poor mustang to be sure right cried griggs i never thought of that before then we've been sleeping here with the door open only the enemy were afraid to come then you think we could find a way up there said chris shading his eyes and looking across the valley at the perpendicular sunlit cliff full of window or door openings similar to those from which they gazed i'm beginning to think we could my lad what do you say to going across and having a search yes let's go at once cried chris aren't you too stiff stiff no come along at that moment ned who had been staring hard at the opposite terraces suddenly caught griggs by the arm gripping it sharply what's the matter keep quiet don't move said the boy in a whisper though no one could have heard from the spot at which he looked there's something moving about on that top terrace across yonder a bear cried chris eagerly perhaps no it's standing up now well bears do that sometimes it's so far off i can't quite make out said ned excitedly ah there's another and another why there are six or seven crawling about yonder then they're not likely to be bears said griggs where's your glass up in the lookout i'll go and fetch it yes and be smart cried griggs then as the boy hurried away to climb up to the watching place i won't give any alarm yet till we're quite sure but if it's the enemy they've some game on there and there's going to be more sharp shooting chris my lad there's no doubt about it now there's a way down from the top of the cliff to that top terrace yonder and that means there must be a way up to it from below your plan's cutting two ways it's giving us a way to get clear of the enemy and showing us that we've been in greater danger than we thought for now see what you can make out your eyes are younger than mine yes but yours are better trained to see long distances replied chris as he shaded his eyes and had a good long look the american changing his position and doing the same i can only see two said chris at last and i think they're men i can see three said griggs and i'm not going to say i think for i'm sure they're indians chris's first thought was of his mustang what about the mules and ponies he said excitedly i don't think their arrows could reach them said griggs thoughtfully but the brutes mean some mischief and the sooner we begin to teach them that they are trespassing the better can you help me to take a shot at them or are you too stiff i can manage said chris and following the american they encountered ned returning from the lookout indians he cried i've looked they're after the ponies and mules again have you given the alarm cried chris anxiously no i came on with the glass do you want to use it griggs no was the reply i'm going to shoot and that will give all the alarm we want they proceeded to the second terrace where the movements of the indians grew clearer and going down behind a stone the american took a long and careful aim before firing missed him he said angrily the word had hardly left his lips before chris drew his trigger and the next moment ned followed his example 
the reports brought the rest of the party of defenders into the cell from which the firing had been directed well said the doctor what is it he took the binocular upon hearing the explanation but after holding it to his eyes for a few moments returned it to griggs is it a mistake he said griggs laid his cheek to his rifle and fired again to stand gazing across the valley for some moments before he replied no sir no mistake and that indian knows it you hit one yes and there were three more just appeared but as far as i could make out they have all gone now there was a little more excitement and watching but nothing was made out for some minutes then the doctor who had seized the glass and been sweeping the opposite side of the valley in search of danger exclaimed they've gone look bourne he passed the glass to the gentleman addressed across the right there over the edge of the cliff yes i see a large party of them cantering away at that moment griggs who had raised the sight of his rifle fired again after a rapid glance man and horse down cried bourne why did you fire again when they were in full retreat to give them a lesson not to come and interfere with us sir said griggs shortly it's too dangerous to trifle with them sir and they're getting more daring yes i know said the doctor and i wish we could get away from this place but i dare not stir for the enemy would follow us and hang on to our skirts go which way you chose young chris had an idea about our getting away sir said the man giving the boy a wink an idea i should have thought he had only one and that was connected with getting well again well what is it chris the boy explained his face feeling like fire the while and his father listened to the end well he said at last that sounds perfectly reasonable and good and you think we could or you could or whoever undertook the task could get to the terraces yonder and escape if there proves to be a way up there yes father said chris flushing with excitement now i feel sure there is a way there and you griggs what do you say i feel sure of it sir but whether we could reach it from down below here or not is another thing the only way is to prove it said the doctor now at once sir cried griggs well yes said the doctor thoughtfully why not he asked the question in a tone of voice that needed no answer and then turned to chris we'll go and examine the place then for the indians must be gone oh yes said griggs they're gone sure enough but it would be as well for say two to stop here on the terrace and be ready to fire if the enemy should appear again this was soon arranged wilton and bourne undertaking the task while after a good look round to make sure no watching eyes were scrutinizing their movements the little party of four started for the other side of the depression chris being so insistent that he felt really well enough to be one that the doctor shrank from leaving him behind the task did not prove very difficult for they had their previous experience to help them and they were not long after reaching the foot of the cliff before finding a way up to the lowest terrace and grasping the fact that the incident that had taken place in the part they had occupied had been repeated here whether before or after it was impossible to say but they found all the traces of a desperate fight 
and the defence of a brave people who had held out in cell after cell to the very end. Then the way up to the next terrace was hunted out and found half buried in stones and dust, and hidden still further by a growth of ages. Here again were the traces of the massacre, and after a hurried examination of these, halfway along the second terrace Griggs came to a sudden stop and cocked his rifle, an act immediately imitated by the rest. "'Danger?' whispered the doctor. "'Don't know yet,' was the reply. "'But we're somewhere near the cells where those fellows were using their bows the other day, and where I saw them a little while ago.' He ceased speaking and pointed downwards. "'What can you see?' whispered Chris. "'Trail, moccasin-covered feet,' was the answer. The two boys would have passed that which was pointed out unseen, for the impressions in the dust were very faint to them, but plain enough to the experienced hunter, who advanced cautiously now to the opening into the cell opposite which they were now standing, and looking in, pointed out fresh footprints, and, what was more, an opening at the back of the cell, which, save in position, proved to be a way into just such a square cell-like place as that which had puzzled them on their own side. "'No one here,' said Griggs, but it's not long since there was. "'Are you going on at once?' said the doctor. "'Oh, yes, let's know the worst or the best,' replied Griggs. "'But one seems to know all there is to know, and it's what we wanted. Here's a way up to the next range of cells, and when we got up there we shall find the enemy's trail, and that will lead right up to the cliff without a doubt.' Yes, there's proof enough that if the enemy had been enterprising and gifted with brains, they could have easily found their way down into the valley by a fresh way. Let's go on, sir, said Griggs. They've never been lower than this, that's evident. We're the first who have come up that lower way, and it seems to me, Chris, that we've learned all we wanted. That was to find a way to the top that a fellow could get up in a hurry. Yes, look here, it's all clear enough and once he's got up, he's got nothing to do but break away a step or two, and no one can follow. Griggs was quite right. Just as it was on the other side of the valley, the square pit could be ascended by means of projecting stones, and upon these being scaled, the party stood upon the flint terrace and in its range of cells, beyond which there was a step-like path going up a narrow rift, leading right to the level table-land. They all ascended, and taking care not to expose themselves, were able to sweep the great level for miles, but without seeing the slightest sign of an enemy. "'It's all right, sir,' said Griggs, as soon as they had finished their inspection. "'Here's what we want to carry out young Chris's plan.' "'Well, it does make it possible,' said the doctor, thoughtfully, "'but very risky for the man who is hunted by the enemy.' "'Oh, dear, no, sir. It only wants a man to be pretty smart.' I don't see much difficulty in it. No, father, said Chris, I feel sure that I could do it. Nay, don't want everything, youngster, cried Griggs merrily. Let someone else have a chance. This job seems to be about my fit, and I propose that the doctor here picks me out, unless Squire here chooses himself as the one to do it. Oh, no, cried Ned, I couldn't do it. I mean, I shan't go. I don't think I could do it. It's a grown man's job, said the doctor firmly. 
one that either Griggs or I will undertake. There, come down, and let's carefully hide the way by which we came up. The enemy may come down here again to get a shot at us, and if they do, we must not give them a chance for growing suspicious. If they come, sir, said Griggs, I don't think they will, at all events today. What they'll try in the night, no one can say. But now then, Chris, my lad, you and your Mustang have got to make yourselves fit for everything. We can do nothing till you're both quite well, and the sooner that time comes, the sooner we shall be strong enough to act. End of chapter 48